So we're at the tail end of the 17th parak, which is Darke Kniya Satahara. And we're about, after we've done this parak, hopefully today, we're going to embark on the major journey of Hasidus. Okay? So let's see what we can do here. So here's the paragraph up to Vihine Mafside Hamido. The obstacles to this mida of, of acquiring tahara, heim chisorin hahit bonenu talayinyanim shezacharnu. You see that paragraph? It's the end of the seventeenth paragraph. Okay. Or a lack of thinking about the matters that we mentioned earlier. Dahainu sichlut bechisus atanukim. So basically it means if you stay in a state of foolishness and ignorance, that's step one. By being in a state of foolishness and ignorance, in understanding how unimportant the pleasures of the, per, of the people pursue really are. So basically, if you don't work on it, the standard way of thinking is a foolish way of thinking. So a person who doesn't put energy to build up a sugya and become a tamachachom in the Indian of understanding that person has no shaykhis and connection to Tara. Because Tara is an avoider. You see, he's basically saying like this. I think he's saying a big isoide personally. You see, Tara is an avoider. That means like you, every time a person goes to be involved in a physical act, there's going to be like a struggle. His Yetzirah is going to want him to get involved in the physical act and the pleasures of it and whatever. And his Yetzirah is going to want him to use it as a keli fa'avoida, right? So there's always a battle, correct? You see in the Zoya it says, it calls tefillah battle. It says, it's a battle. Karev. You're going to the battlefield. Why is tefillah battle? It says, Beharbiu bekashti. The Targum says, it's talking about tefillah. It's referred to as a battle. Why is tefillah battle? The answer is, and this very much has to do with the parak that we're learning here is, because a person really has two parts. This is a very deep side. You have to get that to understand the whole if you want to understand the whole sugya of Tahara, it's a very deep insight. Because, let's say a person, every time he davens, he thinks about mundane things, or even bad things, and all of a sudden these thoughts come into his head, right? So a person thinks about himself, what does he see about himself? I must not be a person who knows how to have kavona, right? I must be, uh, my brain's not uh, focused on tired feeling, you know? But it's not true, it could be that, quite the opposite actually. Because if you would only have one brain, the same brain thinks holy thoughts that thinks not holy thoughts. So then, based on the thoughts that you think, you can only think one thought at a time. So based on the thoughts that you think, it would define what kind of person you are, right? But being that really you have two parts to you. You have a nefesh that's very holy. And that nefesh that's very holy produces... 
the thoughts of closeness to Hashem, Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem, right? Then you have the Nefesh Abahami that thinks only pleasure of this world and Taivas, etc., etc., right? Two different sources of thought, okay? So the Yitzhahara tries to control the brain. It's true, there's one brain, but it's being controlled by two different parties, so the Yitzhah is trying to bring up thoughts from the Nefesh Bahami to take over the mind. And the, the Yitzhah Toiv is helping you develop your thoughts, your spiritual thoughts, right? So when a man goes, so usually the way it works in war is, when one side begins to get close, the other one gets upset, you know? So when you're in default mode, so to speak, the Yitzhah doesn't feel the necessity to attack you with machshav Zorus. Doesn't feel the necessity to attack you that way. But when you, your nefesh, uh, uh, your holy soul begins to take control over the body, over the, the mind, and you start to get close to Hashem and think about the revolution, that's when the Yitzhah goes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> no way. That's why Bidafka, since you're davening good, that's why it attacks you, since you're davening good. So it doesn't define who you are, because it's two different things, two different things, right? So that's why it's not self-defining, right? So that's why davening is called a war in Zoya, because that begins a Bahama, right? And that's why it's hard to concentrate during davening. So, the point is, this is the way it is with everything. Even to some degree, when you sit down, there are swarm that say, even when you sit down to eat, it's also a war, a spiritual war. There was a Rebbe, a big Rebbe, I forgot the name though, but I saw it brought down the Sefer, who used to put on his gartel before he went to eat. You know what gartels are? It's gartels. Those things that they put on before the field, those, black, right, the black zachin, right? <laughs> so why they put on a gartel? It's for avoidah. When you make avoidah, you put on a gartel, right? This rabbi would go to the mikveh, he would put on a gartel, and then he would sit down to eat. Lama? You're going to eat now, you're not making a shahrit, Right? So the terrorist says, because no, he's beginning a big avoid. What's the avoid? Because there's one part of himself that wants to eat the food, l'shem shemayim. And to get, to get koiches to serve Hashem. Or to be able to thank Hashem with hakarat ato, with feeling. Or something, right? He's coming that angle. Then there's the Yitzhara. He wants to put thoughts into your brain of self-indulging. Right? So there's a battle of who's going to control the thoughts. That's called a war. And especially, the Zoya refers to davening as a battle. Because it's a battle, right? It's who controls the thoughts. So now, based on this understanding that what the avoid of Tahara is, always, the avoid of Tahara is, who is going to control the heart and the mind? You got it? That's that's always what Tahara is. That's the battle of Tahara. But, if you don't have a sugya, then you can't make a fight. You understand, Rabbi said, this is a very important thing. 
People don't understand. They think. Okay, I'm telling you, big yisaitis today, okay? Big yisaitis. You ready, Nathan? Matan? You listening? Big yisaitis. People think that either you're a bad guy or you're a good guy. Right? Bad or good. And your bechir is to either be from bad to good. And that's not true. Okay? Bechir is in every single thing you do, there's two sides. It's a battle in each thing in itself. Okay? Let me try to explain that to you. The Mishnah says that you have to make a hajbon hanefesh. You know what hajbon hanefesh is? You have to make a calculation. Okay? What's the calculation? Mechashev hefsed mitzvah keneged tzchorah. You know that Mishnah? Shabbat Azepah. Mechashev hefsed mitzvah, the loss of doing the mitzvah. In comparison to what you gain by doing the mitzvah, right? What you gain from doing the avera, negative seder. Yeah? That means you have to think about both those things when you come to do mitzvahs and averas. Correct? Now, that means that there's two sides to everything you're going to do. Everything you're going to do is going to be two sides. So your koyach abechira is that you have to have a strong sugya of schar mitzvah. Because the hefzid mitzvah, that, that side is easy. But schar mitzvah is a sugya. Schar aver is easy for you. That comes natural. Hefzid is a sugya. Hefzid is a loss. The loss you have from doing the aver. Not necessarily in Elam Abba, even in Elam Right? So every time you come to do something, you have two sides. Okay? Got that? Two sides makes a ma'afshir, the koyach of bechira, to be boycha Follow? And even in mundane activities, not just averas and mitzvahs, you can either take the food and use it for elevation, or not. When you come to pray, what's the tut study? I'm coming to pray. But the HR comes and says, no, 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 think about Think about your business now, right? So now you have to have to say, no, I don't want to think about that. I want to think about this, right? So, but you have to have a sugya. For tahari, you have to have a sugya. So what the Basil Shalom is saying is, if you're a person who stays in a state of foolishness, it means you never learned the sugya, then you don't have bechira. It doesn't mean that after you learn the sugya, you're automatically going to be a good guy. But after you learn the sugi, you have Kalim to fight. Then you can make Bechira. So what's the first step to Bechira, Rabbi Sa'id? It's a mitzvah in the Torah, Bechar to Bechayim. What's the first step to Bechira? Becoming knowledgeable. You hear what I'm saying, David? The first step to Bechira is becoming knowledgeable. And knowledgeable doesn't mean... What's right and what's wrong. Shulchan Aruch. That's not knowledgeable. Of course, you have to know that too. But knowing what's asur and knowing what's mutar is not a keli for the fight. What's the keli for the fight is knowing the schar and the avera and the hefzin of the avera. That's a keli in the fight. Understanding the foolishness and the emptiness of Gashmir's and Olam understanding it, that's a keli in the fight. 
You don't have a fight if you don't know that. And that's where people make a big mistake in this world. At best, they know Shulchan Aruch. Some people don't even know that. But they know Shulchan Aruch. Asur Mutar. Asur Mutar is only what's the demand, right? But that's not the Afoidah. What are you going to answer to Yitzhar when he says, I don't care if it's awesome. Do it anyway. Ah, look at that. What do I do now? So you have to have Kalim Fafoida. But here's the, I'm saying a deep thing. It's the knowledge, even in the Kalim, is not what makes you win. You have to make, you have to work with it. You have to make a Bechira. You have to make a Cheshman Anefesh. You have to make a work. But if you don't know anything, then you don't even have weapons to work with. You follow? So that's what I think the Messiah Sashar is saying. Mafsida Amida is Chison is Boinus Alan Yonashazakhan, the Hainu Sikhlus. You didn't think about ever of what is wrong with the pleasures of this world. You don't live with that thought process. Right? But but that but knowing that is not done. Now you're not done. Now you have to apply it when you come to the war. Got it? For a divas covet and pursuing recognition and wanting honor from people. Now this is a very interesting thing. This, this lotion here. He says, if you want to be able to come to Tyra, you have to understand deeply what's wrong with pursuing recognition and honor. You have to understand it deeply. Okay, and like we said earlier, not only understand it deeply, you have to practically stay away from running after honor, right? But over here, he's talking about his bonus. You have to be misbonin on it. You have to have a sugya. There's going to be a piece of you that's going to want honor, but you're not a boicher if you don't know the other side of the story, right? You have to understand that. You have to have his boininess. But why does he say his boininess on redifas are covered? Redifas are covered means that chase covered. What about plain covered? Plain covered, that's okay. Redifas are covered. So you see from here, like we've been saying all along, that covered, necessary for a human being to have proper covered, a proper dose of covered. That's, that's human nature needs that. Like we gave a couple of shiurim on that. But the problem is when it goes out of control, when it becomes redifas hakovid, ah, azachoshev yungerman comes next to me, please. Right? Redifas hakovid becomes the issue. You understand what he's saying? And the third thing is miut hachona la'avoida, the lack of preparation for avoida. Okay? Now, we're going to see, hopefully now, we have a few minutes, we're going to try to develop a big side. You ready for a big side? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now listen to this. Sounds like what the Messiah Sashom is going to say now. Sounds like a very sharp azach. Hey, look at it inside. It's good. The end of 17. The last, last part of chapter 17. Chapter Yud Zion. Okay? With me, Rush, share with him. We have to invest in more Messiah's charms. Oh, we have more there? Yeah. Okay. You're listening, children.
תשמע טוב טוב, כי השניים הראשונים, the first two, meaning the lack of ideas and not understanding how important the pleasures are, right? And the pursuit of honor. See that? Right. Right? Persuade the mind. And attract the mind to ulterior motives. Good. What is that compared to? Watch a Mestilus and Shabbos. It's a little scary, but obviously it's a high level. But let's try to daher amkise together as a chabura. Ki isho hamein like an immoral woman, asher tachat ishah, instead of her husband, tikachet zarim. She wants strangers. Okay. So the same type of avla. He's making a comparison. Whenever you make a comparison, you have to think into the lumbus. He's saying, just like a woman who is not faithful to her husband, and she wants to go with strange men that are not her husband, so too a person who when it comes to, let's say, eating a steak, he doesn't think about Hashem, he thinks about his stomach. Or when he davens and he learns, he doesn't focus on the davening and the learning, he's thinking about his business or covet or whatever. He's compared to a woman that's not faithful to the husband. Very sharp line. We're gonna, let's read a little bit more. You listening, David? The davar amokpo. Alien ideas. That means thinking about how to make money. All day, thinking about a mach gelt. And then go on vacations and enjoy Cancun and all these things, yeah? These are called immorality of the heart. Immorality. It's Okay? You should not look after your thoughts and after your eyes. So the word zoinim means you stray. You astray. However, we, it's related to the word znus. Zainim means you stray, right? But it's related to the word immorality. So straying from the Torah ideas is comparable to znus. Let's read one more line. Because his mind strays away from the perfect viewpoint. That he should have had to bind him to the great ideals, right? And rather he strays Allah volume to foolishness, and to false imaginary things. So that guy is is like Znus, same thing as Znus, right? and a lack of preparation, causes natural foolishness, so let's let's talk about this a little bit, okay? So basically what he's saying is like this. It's comparing to a very seemingly a very strong offense. A woman who's not faithful to her husband, that's a very strong offense, right? And look at what shaykhs does that have? We're not talking about a person who's thinking about Arias. Hefley Regular stuff. 
money, cars, watches, suits, vacations, <laughs> chilling, relaxing. His mind is not focused on Avodah Hashem. That guy's already a person who's so unfaithful to God that you can compare him to a woman who's unfaithful to her husband. So let's try to die here a little bit. Okay? You see, what's the deep yesoid of a relationship? And why does a relationship last for so many years? And how does the relationship stay strong for so many years? You know, there's studies in the world. Again, I don't want to talk too liberally over here, too openly here. But there's studies in the world that say that talking about men that are not faithful to their wives, what age does that take place? Not younger. 50. 50, right? 45, 50. That's where it begins the bayot. Lama zekacha. Because the premise of the relationship in a secular world is not built on emotional depth and kesha nafshi. It's, 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 it's built on a chitsoinius dekezach. Was heist gufni. It's about excitement. It's about fantasies. It's about upheaval. It's about all these things, you know? But all those things, they can't go forever. By the time the wife is 45, you understand? But emotional depth is something that gets more intense. Let's take emotion. Let's say you have a child. None of you have a child that's old enough to have like those little security blankets or those dolls that they live with them 24-7, right? Now this doll is becoming It's becoming like a shmate, you know? Holes in it. Smelly. Ribbed. Starts getting black, right? So the mother comes to the child. And gives the child a brand new doll. You know what kids would want for a brand new doll? The kid does not want. Why? There's a deep emotional attachment with that thing that comes from being more and more familiar as the deeper the deeper the attachment is. New things give excitement. Old things create attachments. You understand what I'm trying to say? Mm. Emotional depth. The more you're familiar with the person, the more you respect the person. The more you see the person develop. The more karasatoiv you have. The more it goes deeper and deeper. Forget. The more familiar, the better. You don't want to make changes. Right? It's chachas that people want always new things, new cars, new this, new that, why that? Because they're looking for excitement. Excitement, you get bored from the thing you have, you want more, right? So Isham in Efes is the taich, is that her relationship has no heart. There's no attachment, there's no emotional depth, there's no recognition as to the godless of what she's getting from her husband. You understand? Because there is a koyach ish and there's a koyach ishu. The deeper, deeper fundamentals of marriage, again, I'm not going to do all shmuz on this now, but the deeper, deeper fundamentals of marriage and the attraction to the wife 
comes from incorporating the wife's mindless into your reality. That's the deeper, deeper part of it. Incorporating the Koyach Isha into your reality. So the more the person has emotional depth and sees deeper the Koyach Isha and how it manifests itself, the more he wants to incorporate that into his reality. As a Holech weiter, gets stronger and stronger, the marriage gets better and better. Not worse and worse, better and better. So why are all these marriages in the secular world collapsing? Because that's not what the, the, the thing is. It's only chitzoniyut. Chitzoniyus. Platzes the gantamaisa platzes. You follow? So when we say that if a person, his avoid is Hashem, if his avoid is Hashem is chitzoni, right? So he comes to shul because they have like a geschmack and kiddish and it's gewaldic and it's exciting. You know what? But the Super Bowl is more exciting. Achshav ani holech shama. Tomorrow I'll come to your kiddish club. Why not? When I have nothing else to do, I'll get some uh, whiskeys. But when I have something else to do, I have something else. That means the connection is lacking in the first place that the connection is not there. Means that there's no deep connection there. So therefore, you like Yisha Menaefes. She's only looking for excitement and for fun. And wherever that comes, whenever that comes, she'll do it if it's outside the husband, if he's not meeting the demands of her excitement. You follow? So an hour of Hashem needs depth. It needs emotional depth. It needs to become a way that you're connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what gives you the strength not to be lured away by the excitement because you have a depth. I'm saying a very deep thing. The Elam doesn't have how oimik it is. Maybe if you think about it for a long time and you live through life, you'll understand this because it's one of the big riddles of marriage. How does marriage, the past pasala, I don't want to talk too openly here, especially we also have a lot of bachram, I don't know who listens to the shiurim, bachram, right? But it answers a deep riddle of marriage. Because in the world of taiva, you become bored with what you have, you want more and more. How does it work? How does the past pasala work? So in Nimrats, the way it works is because what a marriage has to offer, nothing in the world could offer. Because emotional depth and incorporating the Koycha Isha into your reality to become the Odom HaSholem and HaKar Satoyim and all the deep things, nothing offers that. So it's not even a, a player. It's not like a, there's no competition. So the whole you saw it from competition is only if it's totally chitzoni and excitement. That's where the competition begins. Okay, that's enough said for today. Let's dive in.